my understanding, my read of Ariel asking for an explanation is for a plausible... Oh, for us to debunk? <laughs> yes. Not to... Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Am I not doing that? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we're back with more of your listener stories. Thank you so much for sending them in. Yeah. We love reading them. It sounds like you love listening to them. So why not? And I have to say, we've gotten even more. Yes. In the last week since we did the first episode. People have been sending in their stories, even stories of like having odd moments of of misperception. Right. Of what was actually happening around you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So as you listen to this new episode, same thing. If you've got a paranormal experience, if you've had something that uh, that you think that we would be interested in reading, send it in gttupod at Mm -hmm. gmail.com ask your friends one of my favorite things i want to give another sort of like prompt sure i uh love it when we see a story or i read a story online where someone's like this is something that happened to my grandmother Mm -hmm. i think it's fun to hear those stories where it's also not necessarily something that you experience but yeah somebody who's not even necessarily maybe a fan of the paranormal or whatever yes it's just something that they very honestly perceive. Yep. I would love to get that sort of thing. So if that gets your gears grinding, why not? <laughs> it's like you just set me up for the first story, Is which that right? you did not. I did not. I do no. not know what you're about to read. Um, but I also want to mention everybody who sent those emails after last week's episode. Thank you so much. We will not be getting to those stories tonight. Correct. We'll get to them in the future, but we got the emails. You're good to go. And weird stuff keeps happening. And I'm sorry about it. We're, we're getting it stored in the vault. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We hold on to literally everything. Yes, it's in the vault. So what you were basically teeing me up for is that a listener who I believe her name is Abby or their name is Abby. And they wrote in and we talked about it on our listener stories episode last year, like in 2021, about something that had happened with them and their roommate. Then the roommate emailed yes, us yes, and I did follow up. Yep. That email's name is Kat with a K. I mean, that email. That roommate's name is Cat with a K, and they also sent up a later follow-up email just about like other creepy stuff. So we're going to start off with that. So it's very funny that you Excellent. said that. Okay, so this is from Cat. My family has always been very open to the spirit world, especially on my mother's side. One day about a year and a half ago, my mother and I were babysitting my niece, who was about one and a half to two years old at the time. Mom made the comment that my niece would always look up into the same corner. She never looked afraid, but just slightly curious. My mother said she had checked for spiders and other bugs in that corner before to see if that was what my niece was staring at, but there was nothing there. I was feeding my niece as she did this and asked her what she saw. She continued to stare at that same corner. Mom and I are both convinced that my niece is seeing either her guardian angel or a relatively friendly ghost, given that my niece never looked afraid. I also had a not-so-friendly experience with a ghost that I do believe I had to exercise from my apartment. Oh, I want to hear that, but can I comment on the first story? Yes. <clears throat> because this is something that is is very much a, a thing, the mm-hmm. idea of <clears throat> can babies, can children see yeah. ghosts? Because they haven't basically been, like, biased against seeing that sort of stuff by the world yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, they haven't heard that ghosts don't exist. They haven't been convinced that that none of this is real mm-hmm. and their minds have not started to reflexively yeah. filter out 
these experiences, which is a cool idea. Yeah. I don't know. So um, uh, my daughter, Zoe, is now 11 months old, Mm -hmm. almost on the dot as of this recording. She just turned 11 months old, almost a year old, which is crazy to believe. And um, when she was first born, for the first couple of months, she did that. She did, she would inexplicably, it felt, Mm -hmm. um, look up and stare into the corner and be very obviously hung up on whatever she felt she was seeing. So we talked about it a little bit, Allie and I, of like, well, there's that thing that people say, like, maybe is she seeing a spirit? And listen, we've experienced losses. Mm -hmm. Allie's experienced losses. And so we started to sort of just like talk about like, well, you know, I don't necessarily, I will, I don't believe in these things. Mm -hmm. I like to think maybe that could happen, but I don't believe it actually is. Yeah. And still I found myself sort of like won over by the notion of like, yeah, what if she was seeing dad? What Mm -hmm. if she was seeing her grandpa who she will never get to meet? Yeah. Ever. And it, it kind of got to me a little bit. Now the thing I really think and I haven't bothered to look into this, so mm-hmm. it's it's very much like third-hand information. It's something like um, one of the, the, the s- supposed right explanations is that for a baby looking up into the corner, we look at the corner and we see nothing. Yeah. Right? There's nothing in the corner. Mm-hmm. When a baby looks into a corner... They see three planes. Uh-huh. <laughs> they see the ceiling and they see two walls. Yeah. So they see... 3D. They see height, width, and depth all colliding right there. Uh-huh. They see how the shadows interplay yeah. in the corner. There's a lot to look at. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect geometry That's in a true. corner. There's a lot going on there. There's there's actually a lot. I'm swamped looking at this corner right I, now. I'm sorry. I cannot get anything done today. Again. Yeah. I'm looking at the corner. I'm looking at the corner. It sucked me right in. That's going to be my Thursday. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there's, yeah, for a baby, it, it's quite a thing mm-hmm, absolutely is i think the theory but i still it's a very uh um it's a wonderful idea it's a wonderful yes, notion it is but, yeah. um something that this reminded me of is that i did training uh as a death doula like a few years ago yeah and it was pretty much um all super straightforward there wasn't really like mystical talk or anything um, except for maybe talking about death traditions in other countries or whatever. A death doula is somebody that helps people who are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the process of dying or the yeah. loved ones grieving Both. afterwards? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's literally somebody that tries to like aid in that situation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's not something I uh, do as a practice or anything, but I just... She took it up I'm... as a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Kristen thinks is fun. Basically, that's how I have a fun weekend. <laughs> no, I thought it was it was good information to have, and I can help my loved ones. And that way, all my eyes friends are on me. <laughs> Everyone's going through such I'm... a hard time, but they're all waiting on me to call them. It's back. up to me to make sure that everybody is fine. I'm in charge of your feelings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but so somebody at one of the days of the training asked if like the person training had ever um, seen anybody seeming to have an encounter with like dead loved ones on the other side. Cause that's kind of a thing that people yeah. say happens. And the person said, you know, no, like nothing major. That's like a great story. But I will tell you, 
it's very common for people who are dying to be looking up at where the kind of the area of where like the ceiling meets the wall so not the corner but just like that kind of area and seem like they're looking really intently at something and so they were like you know i i don't know what that means you know whatever but that is a thing that is kind of commonly known to happen so it's it's a thing that's interesting i know because even what i just said about why a baby might be transfixed by a corner mm-hmm. is based in the idea that like a baby's never that's seen new. a corner before yeah but if you're older and you're on your deathbed mm-hmm. that the, that same thing does not apply right so then why the shared i know and Experience. birth and death yeah. have obvious sort of mm-hmm. like you know similarities like right like perfect opposites and you know, uh, you know. Quite frankly, a lot of people that are in the the end of their uh, life, in some ways, are, um, you know, in care the way that a baby is in care of, mm-hmm. of people. There's a lot of similarity there. Yeah, so that's very interesting. Why? Why is that? Right. I don't know. It's another sort of liminal space. Yeah, nobody I know. puts anything in a corner, especially no. not a baby. No, <laughs> certainly not. That's the last thing you're going to put in the corner. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, yes. it's, a, it's a space on a wall where you can't hang a painting. No. You can't do anything. I don't know. I, I have no idea. So what's I, up with this? Th- that's why I, rem- I was so interested. Like, what the hell's where the ceiling meets the wall? What the hell's Weird. going on? Yeah, what the hell's happening? <laughs> this seems crazy now. I'm back to, I'm back to being like, well, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. But don't the, know. I, the, the person teaching us was like... You know, very pragmatic, yeah. just giving us the facts, ma'am. But like, yeah, this is a it's a thing. It's something that you might encounter. Right. Like we don't need to explain it away. It's just something you may encounter. Mm-hmm. So be prepared to Yeah. That's so basically odd. I know. I know. Very cool. Yeah. Really stuck with me. Okay, next story. Next story. <laughs> I also had a not so friendly experience with a ghost that I do believe I had to exercise from my apartment. Mm -hmm. I had a dream that wasn't super creepy, but uh, beyond being locked in a library at night, I woke up the next morning feeling unsettled and that unsettled feeling continued all day. I then had almost the exact same dream that night. I woke up the next morning yelling in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. Whoa. What initially woke me up was the fact that my lips were moving. I'd never slept talk before then, nor, as far as I know, I haven't since. My day went so much better, and I was not unsettled that day. That Maybe I should be trying that. M- yeah, to not be unsettled just... all day? What a dream. Uh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. That is... But, but the implication here is that she was compelled to say it. Yes. Yeah, so... something in her sleep... Just something happened that made her say that. Could you have been possessed by a priest who then <laughs> wanted to get rid of? The... Maybe there was a priest behind one of the stacks in the library. Right. Maybe I... they locked her in. Yeah. I know. That That is. <laughs> Can you imagine that happening to you? No. That'd be so weird. If you weird. didn't know that you were going to say that. And yeah. Then you, you just, just wake you're... up you... saying it. That's very, very, very weird. <laughs> it would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I would not be. But you know what? I would. I think I would be uncomfortable for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, Luckily, I don't know where Kat, that came from. Cat was feeling free and clear. I don't think I said that. <laughs> I think there was something. That was something else. That was that's uh, that's some wild stuff right there. <laughs> I know. Thank you very much, Cat. Thank you, Cat. Wonderful fodder for discussion. Yes. Well, we've got uh, we've got three stories in one now from Marilyn. <laughs> the first story here is entitled The Light 
in the hall. Mm. In the middle of the night several years back, I woke up and decided I needed to use the bathroom. I got out of bed. I love that it's, I woke up and decided I need to use Mm -hmm. the bathroom. I'm awake. I'm um, here. Yeah, it's time. I'm going to go to the bathroom now. (laughs) I got out of bed and opened the door of our bedroom. My husband and dog were still both asleep, only to find something in the hall between me and the bathroom, which was just a short distance away. It was like a floating light or a glowing cloud of some kind. The blinds were all closed, so it probably wasn't a light from outside. The corner of the wall behind it was not visible, and I remember it undulating slightly. I rubbed my eyes, thinking maybe something was in them, obscuring my vision, but the light remained. I have no idea how long I stood there staring at it, but I eventually decided the bathroom wasn't for me that night. (laughs) (laughs) That's not for me. This is not for me. Attempting to pass by the light seemed stupid. So I closed the door and got back in bed. I knew what I had seen was unusual, but I didn't feel scared. As I got back into bed, I realized I didn't have to use the bathroom, and I never had. It was like something outside had put the idea in my head, so I'd open the door and see the glowing thing. I still have no idea what it was. That is so weird. The implications of all of this. Yeah. Look, maybe this is their everyday routine but they woke up and decided they had to go to the bathroom now we were joking about that to begin with but that makes it that sound which actually does it makes sense yes yeah. so i'm 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 very interested in something lately that uh we actually talked about on the show um in cagetober mm-hmm. so i i talked about a movie called mom and dad where right. selma blair and nicholas cage have kids and families parents are compelled to kill their children and they can't stop themselves mm-hmm. there's a moment in that movie where selma blair is driving home because she's like i've got to get home before nick cage gets there because he's a maniac i need to protect my kids and on the radio they explain if you are a parent of a child the best thing you can do is stay away mm-hmm. you might even convince yourself that getting to them is the smart thing to do do not follow that impulse mm-hmm. So it's this it's the the notion that you cannot trust what even feels like a a a good impulse. Right. Let alone a just a regular old impulse. I should go to the bathroom. Mhm. It's the middle of the night. I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom real quick. What could be more mundane than that? Yeah, and also almost reflexive. But who expects that you can't trust your inner monologue? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And uh, I I find that so fascinating and odd. And the idea here, the implication here at the end, it was like some outside thing had put the idea in my head. So I'd open open the door and see the glowing thing. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that there's a glowing thing in the hall. Right. But potentially yet a third thing. Yes, that wants to lead you to the glowing thing. You must see this. Right. That's just, it's very interesting. Totally. For that reason, it almost feels extraterrestrial more so than it feels paranormal. It kind of does. You know? It's true. That's very interesting. I like that. All right. Story number two. The Hand in the Bed. I already love it. I already love this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) From that title, The Hand in the Bed. This happened a few years ago. We eventually moved to a new house, maybe a year or two after the light in the hall incident. One night, shortly after the move, we were getting settled in bed. The lights were off, but I could still see pretty clearly once my eyes adjusted. I was rearranging our blanket, gray stripes, Mm. when suddenly I felt something and picked it up. A hand on the side of my bed. 
I kept telling myself maybe it was just a lifelike wrinkle in the blanket, but I didn't. But it didn't feel like the blanket. The blanket was a little on the coarse side and pretty warm. Sounds like my kind of blanket. You want a coarse blanket? I like a blanket with a little texture. I like to feel the fabric. The hand was soft, cold, and laying across wait, the stripes. Yes. Wait, is it that the hand a hand was soft or the hand of the blanket? That's what they call like a feel oh, really? of like fabric. The like the, the hand is nice. Huh, it's a nice material. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would say the hand is No, I think it's I think it's the hand. <laughs> the hand was soft, cold, and laying across the stripes, so its shape was apparent. It wasn't attached to anyone. It was just a hand. I freaked out and dropped it, at which time it promptly disappeared. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is not good. This is not good at all. And it's uh, all very bedtimey. Yeah, yeah, I know. I turned on the light and looked around, but didn't see a hand or anything I might have mistaken for a hand. That definitely got my adrenaline going. <laughs> yeah, I should think so. What the hell? I've never heard anything like this before. Kristen? A hand showed up and Don't then even disappeared. Know Don't even know what to say. Uh, from another dimension? The, 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 the wafer-thin mm-hmm. veil between veil. dimensions? Right. Could that have been? Could somebody? Here's something crazy. Here's, a hand pierced the one ply. Yeah, of here's, the veil. Here's the, here's the craziest thing of all. Is there another dimension mm-hmm. in which somebody was getting into bed and went, "Oh, someone just grabbed my hand." Yeah, I love thinking about that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is no explanation for this event. It is just a little X Files right event that occurred. A small blip. And nothing too crazy. Yeah. Nothing yeah. too crazy. Yeah, I love that. Woo, 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 That was Ooh. great. All right, story number three from Marilyn. The Whistle in the Nursery. Mm. I love these stories. Those are good titles. I, I, now, they, plainly, they follow a pattern here. The light in the hall, the hand in the bed, the whistle in the nursery, but they're so evocative in their mm-hmm. simplicity. The whistle in the nursery starts to tell me a story I know language is important I to you. It. Kristen, as a writer, <laughs> language is my tool. Some people Words use, mean something. A crowbar. Some people use a crowbar. What? Marv from Home Alone. Oh, you're right. You're he right. uses a crowbar. Am I wrong? Yes. No, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I use words and language, and I appreciate this language. I appreciate these words. <laughs> the whistle in the nursery. One night, our infant wouldn't sleep, and my husband needed a break. So I went into the nursery to sit with the little one for a while. I thought if I had just let him play on the floor for a while, he'd settle down and go to sleep. He has this toy dog named Scout. It's a leapfrog toy. It's plushy, but it plays music and talks when you squeeze its paws. So we were both sitting on the floor playing with this dog and listening to the music. Out of nowhere, I hear a whistle that seems to go along with the music. (laughs) Is this another bedtime story? What's going on at bedtime, Marilyn? That's, I'm, What's happening at bedtime, Marilyn. I think bedtime's something to look at, Marilyn. Oh, yeah. Careful Ooh. around bedtime, Marilyn. Marilyn. Ooh, okay. It could have just been the dog. I've never heard it whistle before or since. <laughs> I don't think it was the dog. I don't think it was the dog. <laughs> but the thing that creeped me out was that the whistle started off key and rose up to the right note. I was checking closets and vents <laughs> and the name? rest of the upstairs. <laughs> no one else was there. It had sounded like it was right next to us. Is this the same house with the blanket hand? 
is the, the, the dimensional membrane thin here? Yeah, something's going on. She might be, that house might have been built on a portal. That might have been some the person in the other dimension just like sitting, reading a book, absentmindedly yeah, whistling, whistling and then being like, what am I whistling to? Yeah, right. I thought I heard music. I love this idea. Right? You've heard ghost stories before where someone just goes like, I heard a music coming oh, from totally. nowhere. Somebody in another dimension was like, I heard a song and I... Before I even realized it, I it was gone. Right. I believe the um the I parents, believe it was a leapfrog. Yeah, I believe the leapfrog. No, I believe the parents of the conjuring house um said that it seemed like their veil was wafer thin and that they would be kind of like they I think that if I remember right, Andrea Perrin wrote that she walked into the dining room one day and she saw like a family sitting at the dining room table and they looked at her like, What the hell? Hmm. And then they disappeared. So I think that Marilyn's living in a Conjuring-esque house. Yeah, this is where this but is... But not as, you know, violent. This is where the two universes are layered over on top of each other. Right. She, I right there in that I believe house. she lives in a nexus. I believe so. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the nexus, nexus of point. the universe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like The Others with mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. I don't really remember that. I've but seen I it. I am your daughter. Yeah, I know that. I, I don't really remember it. I've been meaning to rewatch that for years. So. Yeah, I think I watched it. Uh, uh, Ali and I got into a real kick of watching like all these big movies that we just hadn't ever seen but saw all the marketing for and everything mm-hmm. so we watched the others and you gotta be honest with you the thing that sticks out in my mind most is still that is still the Charlie Sheen parody from like, Scary Movie 5 or something like that that is what I think of first I think of like okay gothic scary thing and then I think oh remember that thing from Scary yeah, Movie when Charlie Sheen was in and they did a Michael Jackson joke Right, so Charlie Sheen, the thing is somebody's sitting on the floor yeah. with like a sheet over them, and um, you know it's all scary and everything. And so in Scary Movie, he lifts the sheet up, and it's Michael Jackson under the sheet. So Hilarious. Screams, very scary. Screams of mm-hmm. laughter. <laughs> That's right. As everyone enjoys the great joke. Woo! So thank you very thank you. much, Marilyn. Good luck, Marilyn. <laughs> yeah, Godspeed. <laughs> Every bedtime. <laughs> yeah! Yikes! Okay, this next one is from Olivia. Olivia says, I live in a communal house in West Philly. There are six of us in a large Victorian town uh, town home that is complete with a gravestone in the backyard. We have no idea what this grave is, whether it's for a person or animal or maybe not for a dead being at all. Perhaps just a confusing memorial or shrine. Love the idea of a confusing memorial. I would (laughs) like to erect a confusing memorial. Yeah, let's do it. People are not even sure what it's commemorating. Right. Let's erect confusing memorials at our Groundbreaking for a confusing memorial. (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) Perfect. The grave is in a small backyard that our kitchen looks out onto. People always ask if I think the house is haunted, seeing as it's a huge old house with some original furniture and light fixtures and tattered, dusty white lace curtains, etc. I've always said no. However, the only place I've ever felt a little unnerved is the kitchen. Around September of 2020, my girlfriend Frida and I were talking to one of our other roommates named Mo in the kitchen, who had their back to the kitchen window. My girlfriend and I saw a weird shadow pass in front of the window in the backyard. We both kept talking because, as we would both agree later, our minds couldn't quite understand what we were seeing. It was the shape of a human, but neither of us could see a face, just dark shadows. It happened so quickly, however, that it could have just been a person that our minds didn't have time to process or a shadow of a cloud passing by. I love this again. Mm -hmm. More, more, just like last week, a shadow person thing that's Mm -hmm. maybe, anytime somebody says it was human shaped. Yes. That screams, not a human to me. 
Right, because otherwise right. you would just you'd say it was, like, a human. It was, it was a guy who was walking by. Yeah, there's something even maybe subconscious that has you saying like it was a human shaped thing. Yeah, if it was it if it was shaped like a human, that means it was not a human. Right, but it was shaped like one. Yeah, um, it's almost like a Freudian slip or something. Exactly, something it's, that. it's fascinating. You know, it wasn't a human. Uh, this is uh, I just got hit with a flood of like this is what we're doing. You know, this is what we get to do of like sitting, sitting around and tell scary stories. Yeah. And it just, this is just wonderful. And so I totally uh, agree. Just a flood of enjoyment for Guide to the Unknown and getting to do this at all. It just hit me uh, as we're talking about shadows yeah, and stuff. I'm like, this is, uh, it's great that we just do this. Okay. I totally agree. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, okay. So we were trying to barrel on in the conversation, but we were both distracted. So I stopped and asked Frida if she just saw something in front of the window. She said, yeah, I opened the back door to the yard and looked out. No one was there except our next door neighbor. Who's always smoking cigs in her backyard. I came back inside confused and Frida went outside to ask that neighbor Kay if she saw something. She said, no. Later we told one, we told one of our other roommates, Janara about the weird experience. She admitted that she had been having trouble with a peeping Tom, which she had been wanting to tell us but hadn't yet. She said he'd been coming around dusk every few weeks and had come onto our front porch to look in our living room windows. So gross. Anyway, in light of this information, we thought maybe the shadow we saw was the peeping Tom. Frida was fully convinced this is what we saw, but I still can't get over the unknowability of the shadow I saw. Then about a week later, I, I fully saw the flesh and bones peeping Tom in our backyard, made direct eye contact with him, and ran outside to chase him out of our yard, but he was long gone. We installed curtains on that window and floodlights soon afterward and hadn't had problems since. Until a couple days ago. Frida and I found Janara in the kitchen where she had just walked in to find a shattered glass of mysterious origin. Frida, Janara, and I searched the kitchen to figure out what it was that broke, and Frida discovered that the window and screens in the backyard were wide open. She immediately went outside to find Kay, who said she saw nothing and had been outside smoking for about three minutes. I also really enjoy the cast of characters in this story. I I know the roommates. I know Kay is outside. Like, it's very fun. I've imagined it, but I have like an imaginary floor plan for the the first floor of this house and what the backyard looks like and the grave is there and all the people. Yeah. Yeah, it's very engrossing. Totally. We thought that maybe someone tried to rob the house and had knocked over some glass on their way into the kitchen from the window. We searched the whole house and didn't find anything, and nothing around the window was out of place. Also, I should note that the window would be really hard to open from the outside, because there's a crusty old screen on it. That night, all six of us roomies tried to figure out what the hell happened. Frida and I are moving out in February, this was a while ago now, and Janara thought maybe a spirit of the house is upset that we're leaving because Frida has lived here the longest and takes really good care of the space. That was a theory that about half of us landed on, and I have to admit that shattered glass in an open window would seem to be classic poltergeist activity. Not only that, but there are some times you'll find that if, if you are moving you know, a long distance away, mm-hmm. you might even find that some of your friends will start a fight. Oh, yeah. Right? To make it easier to for them to live with you gone. Right. Like, they don't have to miss you as much They don't then. have to miss you if they're mad at you. Right. And So you're saying Janara broke this glass. <laughs> 
Kristen, unfortunately, Let's not point fingers at Janara. Unfortunately, I guess I'm making or the case Mo. for an emotionally immature ghost. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the case I just made. Yeah, that's a, a, look. It fits. It fits. If the shoe fits. Yep. In the back of our minds, I think most of us were worried that the peeping Tom was somehow involved, that we had thought our problems with him were long over. We still didn't know where the glass came from until the next morning when I went to inspect the fairy garden that Frida and I made in a bird bath right on the outside of the kitchen window. I noticed that a glass dome that heretofore had covered a cute homemade toadstool was missing. It was the glass that had been shattered in the kitchen the previous night. It was the perfect size and thickness. So what happened? Did our peeping Tom get upset that he couldn't watch us anymore and somehow creep into our backyard through the alley that now has floodlights, open the crusty old window and chuck the glass from the fairy garden into our kitchen in protest and leave without being seen by any of us roomies or neighbors who are buzzing around the area? Or was it a spirit who was upset that Frida and I are leaving? Perhaps the same shadow I saw so many months ago. I don't know what's scarier. Probably a man throwing a glass at us, though. Correct. That is the far scarier option. That is scarier. Um, awesome. Awesome. Love Fascinating it. story. Yeah. Who knows what the hell it was? It I really. It would. It could have been an immature teen. Yep. Uh, an, an immature teen ghost. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> immature teen ghost. Apologies. <laughs> well, there's no immature teen in the story. Uh, I guess. Uh, right. 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 There's well, a ghost I, in the story. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. So I have separate things. Um, this is a story about. Olivia's sister, Pippa. Okay. Do you want me to give your pipes a break? Do you want me to do this? No, it's okay. No, okay. I can do it. Thank you, though. My other sister, Pippa, lives in an old, old house that her fiance, Mike's family, built a long, long time ago. Various family members have lived there for several generations. His grandpa died in the house from falling down the stairs, which is sad. Hmm. It is sad. I'm sorry I left. <laughs> what, do you think that's funny? No. <laughs> you think that's a good thing? Oh, of course not. His grandpa died in the house from falling down the stairs, which is sad. <laughs> that, that's funny to me. <laughs> uh, now try not to laugh at this next. Yeah, sentence, okay, Kristen. I'm fine. His grandma also died recently, not in the house. That's not a funny sentence. Just people, the sentence was funny. Before. People who are only listening, I saw her stifle a chuckle. <laughs> no, um, but it would seem that either one or both are still attached to the house. Recently, Frida and I stayed overnight at the house. There's one bathroom in this house and one staircase. Frida woke up in the wee hours of the morning to wee. Nice yeah. wordplay. And after washing her hands, she lamented that there was no towel in the bathroom uh, in the bathroom on which to dry them. She went back to bed, but, to, but is a restless sleeper and was more or less awake for the next few hours until she went to the bathroom again. In that time, neither Pippa, Mike, nor I went to the bathroom. Frida would have noticed because she was kind of awake. But when she walked into the bathroom, she was surprised to see a small hand towel hmm. neatly folded at the edge of the sink. We didn't tell Pippa or Mike at the risk of worrying them that they may live in a house with a kindly ghost. They're already freaked out to be living in the place where Mike's grandpa died. But Frida and I like to imagine a cute old ghost grandma or grandpa watching Frida wipe her hands on her pajamas and tutting their disappointment before leaving the towel for the next bathroom user. I love that, too. I it's, love that. It's a very sweet warm story it's very like accommodating and being mm -hmm. like well this is still our house yeah right we can put it out yeah. if we can why wouldn't we we can't have our guests unable it's to so dry cute. their hands yeah um then we have grammy update ah. seven months later olivia sent this follow-up email wow thank you for your dedication you. we yes. hadn't even read this yet but i really appreciate that olivia still was like i'm in conversation with them on this yeah. now um okay 
I recently visited my sister and her fiance again. And while I was in the haunted bathroom looking in the mirror, the lights suddenly went out. I quickly opened the door. It's one of those bathrooms where the light switches on the outside of the room, expecting someone to have walked by and turned the lights off, not thinking anyone was in there. Everyone was still in the kitchen, however, and the light switches were still in the on position. None of the power had gone out anywhere else in the house. I tried to switch the light on and off a couple of times to no avail. I called to Pippa that her lights went out and she walked over and flipped the switch once and they turned back on. I wouldn't really think of anything of it if it hadn't already been for the hand towel. I was like, okay, that was so weird. I swear they weren't turning on, which Pippa brushed off. Frida and I made eye contact, though, and it was clear we were both thinking, yeah, that was little gramps. Next time I was in the bathroom, I pulled from my GTTU bag of tricks and asked the ghost to please not fork with me and added in a couple of compliments to their lovely grandson and home and didn't have any other problems. Laughing emoji. Frida is convinced that, lovingly patronizing as always, the ghost saw me in front of the mirror, probably like picking at my skin, and they were like, young lady, get out of the bathroom and go spend quality time with your family and shut off the lights. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. At that point, it stops being like, thank you for the hand towel. Mm-hmm. Like, stop meddling my affairs. Let me do my I'm thing. Not, I'm not trying to just overstay my welcome in the bathroom. It's, right. It's all right. But again, Take my time. friendly notice, everyone. Mm-hmm. Olivia is absolutely right. You can opt not to be haunted. Yes, you, you can, can say, opt no, out. thank you. Yes, please don't do this to me. And if they're not a jerk, they will probably respect it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are a jerk, send them to us. We'll, we'll straighten them out. Yeah. Um, all right. Our next story comes to us from Ariel. This happened 18 years ago, and I've wondered what exactly I saw ever since. No matter who I tell the story to, they never have any explanations for me. My hope is that maybe you will. Ooh, that's like me with astrology. I'm prepared to go into this looking for ways to explain now. All right. All right. What do you mean you with astrology? What was that? Um, I, I want to know specifically why the positions of the planets... Right. Why and how they are affecting us. Not what they affect, not whatever, why. Yes, when people say like, well, what Jupiter is... is in the southern quadrant. And so that means you're stubborn. Right. Why does it mean that? Yeah. Not what it is. Right. Why? why? What is happening between my body and psyche and Jupiter? I'm with you there. I can never get an answer. I'm with you there. I want an answer to this. Mm-hmm. Send in your answers. GTTUPod at gmail.com. I, I just, the, specifically the why. People have yep. answered me before and it always meanders. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you don't know, that's okay. If you're like, I, we don't really know why. It just seems like everybody uh-huh. seems to notice this and it's a big coincidence to know we've said it's law. Don't email if all I you can say that. is I don't know. Well, yeah. But I'm if just the saying subject line is Jupiter affects your mood, I'm not sure why. Our <laughs> the inbox is flooded. There was a class I took where uh, the the professor uh, goes like, uh, um, "Does anyone here know how cell phones work? How they actually work?" Mm-hmm. And in the front row, somebody raised their hand. They go, "Yeah, yeah, you." And she goes, "I, I don't know." <laughs> That's really funny. And I got so it was in my younger days. I got so angry. I was like, you're the one person who doesn't need to raise your hand. Yeah, right. You're the only one. You're the only one who does not need to raise your hand if you don't know. You don't need to get someone's attention to say, I'm not sure. Sometimes people do weird stuff like that. I remember there was somebody I worked with a long time ago at a salon. And, you know, they would sometimes have uh, stylists come in to teach classes and stuff. And it was a coworker who was, like, good at her job, like, you know, proficient, whatever. And let's say they were teaching a class about highlighting. This person would raise their hand and be like, now this is to lighten the hair. 
And it was like, yeah. Yeah, what do you mean? And like, you know that. But just something about her learning process would make her, it made everything take so long. Yeah. She would ask these weird questions. I was like, well, also, some doing? people have the need to just um, yeah. co- uh, be part of the conversation yeah. somehow. Yes. And you can tell that they don't really have anything to contribute. They're just sort of. Mm-hmm. saying something to be part of the repartee there was a sprinkle of that in there yeah. but yeah it was it was i i eventually had to sink into it and just laugh when so when you cut the hair it gets shorter it seriously would be as silly as that sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, all right so let's try to explain this i was around eight years old when i saw it i was getting into the car with both my parents after having my birthday celebration at an old bowling alley Nice. When I looked out the window, I saw a woman standing on a small wrought iron balcony that happened to be several stories up. The balcony jutted out from an old bricked up window that was part of the building we'd just come from. I was utterly confused. Even now, I don't understand how she could have gotten up there. It was the only window that had a balcony, though each one on that side of the building was bricked up as well. And there weren't trees or any other things outside for her to climb up to reach that spot. Being eight at the time, I couldn't be completely sure. But I thought that the other side of that particular window was simply storage space for party materials. I'd gone up there earlier with my parents and a few employees to pick out what color decorations I wanted. To make the whole event even weirder, the woman was dressed oddly. She was wearing what I now recognize as Victorian-era clothing. She had one of those super flowy long dresses with the puffy backside and a corset-like thin waist. I even remember her shoes and the fact that the whole outfit was dark green. And did I mention she was also acting strangely? The woman was frantically looking around her and she seemed terrified. Of what? I have no idea. Maybe someone was chasing her? I recall thinking to myself that she was checking the ground below her a bit too frequently. It definitely seemed like she was considering jumping. The thought of seeing someone plummet to their death freaked me out, so I asked my parents if they saw the woman on the balcony, hoping they'd know how to handle the situation. I was beyond baffled when they both told me they didn't see anyone there. Of course, I insisted that someone was there until they started giving me worried looks. I just let the topic drop, and by the time the conversation was over and I looked back at the building, she was gone. There wasn't a trace of her. It was like she disappeared. Hmm. So, because we're talking about this kind of stuff, my first thought is that she somehow blipped in from another universe or something. Like, I almost imagined, like, a Victorian lady who's just, like, walking down a cobblestone street and then is like... So she's perched on a balcony. Like, what the hell? That also seems very precarious. Real quick, is this your effort to explain the situation? Yes. My understanding, my read of Ariel asking for an explanation is for a plausible. Oh, for us to debunk? Yes. Not to. Hmm. Am I not doing that? I believe that's what I did. I feel like this whole situation checks out to me. I mentioned blipping from another universe. (laughs) Yeah, right. What are you not getting? (laughs) Are you not satisfied? Are you not entertained? I mean, (laughs) mean, very well. Please proceed. (laughs) 
that's that's really the long and short of it. That a lady was walking down the cobbled street, and I was like, Bleh! and then all of a sudden she's on top of you know a balcony. So she's more of a time traveler. Yeah, either mm, no, it's another universe where they still wear these things. Oh, in today's <laughs> so still, world, in that world, yeah, it's also like the two thousands. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It appears to me, William, that that is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Yeah. So, okay, so for a plausible explanation? <laughs> I don't have one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> that, have one. That's extreme, highly unusual behavior. I mean, let's let's rule out the, the, the obvious mm-hmm. plausibles. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Right, she was eight. Dream, so you, misremembered. Right. There are a million things that I, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm misremembering from being a kid. A million oh God, things. God, yeah. Um, so all of those things. But let's mm-hmm. let's assume the way that, that I think we should for legit. all these stories that yes. this is legit experience that a person had. Mm-hmm. It is perfectly recollected here. Right. This is what occurred. I do not have an explanation. There's no rational explanation There's, for what you saw. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I in, in, for reasons not the least of which it'd be very hard to be standing and balancing I know. on like a top of a balcony. I know. As, so as I was reading the story, I started just like clocking a few little things that don't really add up by the time you get to the end of the story. But I was thinking iron. Mm-hmm. Iron as yes, a, 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 a metal is used a lot in like studying the paranormal. Yeah, right? it's like, it's supposed to be protective. Okay, so iron. It's like something that you could use to ward off bad stuff. Okay. It also um the idea of looking up and just noticing that somebody is standing precariously in an impossible place. Yeah. Made me think of the movie It Follows, mm-hmm. where they're driving away and it right. is standing at the apex of a roof just watching them drive off. Yeah. And um I don't know, it just it just uh, again, this is something that I don't know. I can just so clearly see it in my mind's mm-hmm. eye more than anything else. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a fascinating story. Super cool. But yeah, we got no explanation. I got another for you. No. Nope. Good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sending me that, Thank you. Okay. So this next one is from Vicky. When I was a child, we'd often visit my grandmother. There was nothing spooky about her house, and I quite enjoyed going there. She had a painting over her sofa of a young man sitting on a stone fence playing guitar with a big friendly smile on his face. He was wearing old-timey clothes and in the background was a big lake, mountains, and blue skies. A very pleasant painting. My view of it changed, however, when I was around six or seven years old. We all sat down to have the usual coffee and cookies. When I looked up at the painting, I noticed something strange. The man was gone. The environment was exactly the same, but it was like he just got up and left. I kept checking throughout our visit, but he didn't come back. I didn't tell anyone because despite my young age, I knew paintings didn't move. So I told myself that I was probably just remembering it wrong, that there had never been a man in the first place. Hmm. A few days later, we went to visit my grandmother again. And lo and behold, the man was back, still (laughs) smiling and playing his guitar like nothing happened. Again, I said nothing because I knew my parents would call me silly. Many, many years later, my parents moved us to a new town and my grandmother moved moved to to be close to us. She hung the painting over her sofa again, and I couldn't keep quiet anymore. I had to tell someone about it. My brother was looking at the painting, too, and I said, oh, she kept the creepy painting, wanting him to ask what's creepy about it so I could tell him the story. But instead, he said, yeah, where the man once disappeared. We never talked about it again. Confirming that we both saw it was enough for both of us. Uh, I want to get a painting. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and a duplicate of that painting where <laughs> yeah, there's a man in it. Alternate. Just sometimes I hang one yeah. and I take it down and I put the other one up <laughs> and I never explain it. That's some real sicko stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just having a, a wee bit of fun for yourself. Like creepy crawling. Yeah. People you live with in your life. Yeah, right, ones. right. You know, in your own house, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Creepy crawling is the thing that um, the Manson family would do where they would break into people's homes and move their stuff like an inch so yeah. they would just be kind of unsettled. Yeah, it's real sick. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's sick shit. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, when my grandmother died, I was tempted to take the painting, but I was too scared. I, know I, I have no idea where it is now. People have suggested that maybe my grandmother was playing a prank on us, but she mm. wasn't the type. I can't recall a single prank by her, and she was easily scared, so I can't imagine that she'd try to scare us. That whole experience colored my view of the supernatural for the rest of my life. The worst activity I've ever experienced was in the new house we moved into. Many years before we moved in the town, had uh, many years before we moved in the town, <laughs> why was I saying it weird? Many years before we moved in the town had removed a huge sewer that ran underground along the road and replaced it with a smaller modern one but it wasn't done correctly and the ground slowly started caving in <laughs> oh oops <laughs> that's not that's good. something you're gonna want to do correctly it's a big mistake yeah uh this resulted in all the houses on the street tilting ever <laughs> so slightly out towards the sewer that's horrible it does. like living in a like there was a crooked man who lived in a crooked town and had a crooked sewer all the houses were crooked it all sucked <laughs> uh not enough to be noticeable from the outside but you could definitely tell something was wrong once you got inside oh my god i prefer that it looks a little bit weird outside but you get inside and it's like it's fine. normal yeah, yeah. Uh, Inside's was, really the big important part. It's where yes, you are. Totally. There's a so I'm a I, I like the podcast. Tell him Steve Dave mm -hmm. and one of the hosts Brian Johnson. I think he bought or rented a house. I'm not sure. But he was like, I loved it. And then we moved in, and it's driving me insane. And they're like, Why? What's going on? Because he gets all worked up and angry. Yeah. And he goes, There are no right angles in the house. Everything's that? everything is crooked. The walls meet at a crooked angle. And like the ceiling's crooked, and so like they'll just now offhandedly refer to him living in a crooked house. <laughs> you know? That is kind of weird. But that's like, isn't that what they do to like unsettle the mind in like yes. torture scenarios? Put you in a room with no right angles. Yes, it's like that, the worst environment you could possibly be. That in. is that is weird. I get that. I'll tell you what, the room we're in right now, mm -hmm. no right angles. What? That's yeah. not true. It's true. Because uh, and I guess I'd be fine. That's that wall, okay, the far wall to your right, yeah. is a different length than the wall to our left. Hmm. I know that because of all the flooring stuff we yeah. have because of the flood. Yeah. So I think, hmm. I mean, unless I measured wrong, which is also not Well, impossible. no, but there could still be, well, I guess there couldn't be. No. Hmm. That's probably a right angle because there's a little thing that kind of like the wall protrudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a protuberance. There's a protuberance. Yeah. It's true. You're absolutely right. We'll do some measuring. Couple. I'll get out my protractor. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I'd love yeah. more. It's all fun and games until the protractor comes yeah, right. out. I gotta go home. I think I gotta head home. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it was like everything was a bit off, and if you put a ball or a pen on the floor, it would slowly roll toward the street. I hated that house. <laughs> My supernatural experiences were too numerous and repetitive to list, but included things like the sound of people walking around, something that sounded like heavy cloth being rustled, and breathing in empty rooms. We had a door with a frosted glass window on the second floor where all our bedrooms were. 
I once went up to grab the handle when I saw something brush against the glass. No. I immediately turned around and went downstairs to my family. Another time I was sitting in my room when I suddenly heard something like a pained moan slowly getting louder and louder, seemingly moving around the room. Terrified, I looked over at my gerbils who were standing on their hind legs. I mean, this is scary. This is like the Frozen dramatic, <laughs> dramatic gerbil or whatever. Oh yeah, the, from the, like the early internet. The, yeah, it's like a chipmunk that's like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember when I first read this, when I found the email, I thought that they were looking over to see if the gerbil made that noise. <laughs> like a, a pained moan. The and they're like, gerbils? Yeah. If you looked over at the gerbil, they're like, ah. God. Whoa. Uh, but I mean, this still is scary. I looked over at my gerbils who were standing on their hind legs, frozen in place, looking equally terrified at me. Oh, God. I sat quietly, not daring to move until the sound stopped, and I quickly ran downstairs and told my mother leaving the gerbils alone yeah right. as expect as expected she told me i was being silly it was probably just the wind however years later when i moved out my younger sister got the room one day she sat down with me and said you were right it's not the wind because oh. she had heard it too she also said she'd sometimes feel hands touching her which i thankfully never experienced that just gave me a chill i don't like that Ugh. I've never felt the same kind of dread in any house since, until I started working as a cleaner two years ago. One of the places I have to clean is an old house that's been converted into a kindergarten. From the moment I stepped through the door, I felt like something was wrong. The place terrifies me, even during the daytime, but for the longest time, I never experienced anything there. It just felt wrong, and I later realized that just on the other side of the fence surrounding the playground was a graveyard. The dark winter months had been had been especially terrifying to me because there's no light outside. So the windows are all pitch black and anyone could be watching me without me knowing. Mm. I've done my best to ignore my fear and fight through it. But a few weeks ago, I was close to quitting and never returning. I was almost done and trying to distract myself with a funny podcast when I heard a noise. Wonder which one. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder. What? Okay. What? <laughs> I don't know. Just try to tag w on. Wonder. Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm always on the edge of... Uh, I'm always on edge at the house. So when I hear something, I take my headphones off to pinpoint the sound. Usually, I'm so happy myself say wonder. Wonder. Usually, it's just a motorcycle driving by or people being loud outside, but not this time. For the first time, I, I could clearly hear that the sound came from inside the house, the basement to be exact. Someone was moving around down there. Immediately, I forgot everything about ghosts and demons. Someone had broken in through the basement and I could hear their heavy boots starting to stomp up the stairs. I've never felt that level of panic. I threw everything I had and quickly ran to the front door, slammed it shut behind me and locked it, which, uh, which turned on the alarm if it detected movement outside. I then ran out onto the street and turned around to see the intruder. Nothing. There was one, there was no one and the alarm stayed silent. I was shaking with fear and adrenaline. Even if an intruder had tried to run back outside, they wouldn't have had enough time before I turned the alarm on. The lights in the basement also had motion sensors and I could see it was completely dark down there. You best believe it took me a while to build up the courage to go back inside, put the cleaning utilities away, grab my coat and bag and leave as quickly as possible. 
Since then, the only thing I've experienced was a first aid cupboard on the wall that suddenly opened while I was bending down in front of it. So I slammed the back of my oh okay while I was bending down in front of it. So I slammed the back of my head into the metal door when I got up. Mm. I haven't asked any of the people working there if they've experienced anything supernatural. They probably wouldn't know anyway with all those kids running around. If anything happened, they probably just blame the kids. I also think something's turning the lighting, the lights on and off at night because sometimes they'll blame me for leaving the lights on when I leave. I'm still going there every day, but I've asked my boss if they can please replace me with someone else. I'm not doing a very good job at cleaning the place anyway because I just want to be done as quickly as possible. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound like a healthy environment. No. It seems like a place that you wouldn't want to have to be every single day. No, that's interesting. Now, William, another update. Oh, my. Two months later. This is so satisfying. It's like on Unsolved Mysteries when you catch an episode where there's an update. Thank you so much for sending follow-ups yes, months that is later. Very much it's appreciated. so cool. Update. Update. A while ago, I sent you an email about my supernatural experiences and said nothing much had happened in the kindergarten where I worked as a cleaner. After sending the mail, after sending the mail, things really picked up and I kind of regretted writing to you so soon. Oh. So I hope you won't mind me giving you an update. It almost feels like something was released from the basement that evening I heard someone come up the stairs because I've experienced something almost every week since then. I already told you about the first aid cupboard, but the day after sending the email to you, I had another experience. I'd filled a big bucket with with water when a friend texted me. I looked at my phone with the bucket in front of me when it suddenly jerked to the side as if someone lightly kicked it. A bit of water splashed on the floor. My reaction? Stared at it for a few seconds with a racing heart and then continued cleaning. I got bills to pay. Hmm. A week or so after that, I was vacuuming near a bookcase that had a bunch of boxes with toys in them. I noticed a big Bratz doll at the bottom of one of the boxes. It always stood out to me because of its size and the fact that it's pretty beaten up. I continued to vacuum and turned my back to the bookcase when I heard a thud of something falling on the floor right behind me. It was, of course, the Bratz doll. The box was still in its place and there was no way the doll could have made its way from the bottom of the box and onto the floor on its own. Weirdly, it didn't frighten me even though I knew it was impossible. I just put it back in the box and continued working. Now that I think about it, I haven't seen the doll since. I don't think it walked away on its own though. They probably just threw it away because it was so old and damaged. Interesting. Only a few weeks ago, I vacuumed a carpet they have by the entrance, then put the vacuum cleaner away in another room. When I came back, there was a bright blue wooden brick in the middle of the carpet I had just cleaned. I didn't even know the kindergarten had bricks like that. Hmm. And finally, a few days ago, I opened the door that leads out to the playground to clean off a duster. I just sort of stuck my arm out to shake it off, then closed the door and turned around to see a closet that had been closed seconds earlier, now wide open right behind me. I tried to rationalize that a breeze from outside probably opened it, but it's never done that before or since. Like I mentioned, for some reason, my anxiety has greatly diminished after things actually started happening, though my fear isn't entirely gone. I very much feel like whatever's in the house wants my attention because everything always moves near me or in places where I'll notice. In a way, I both fear it and look forward to it now. I'm strongly concerning buying a GoPro camera that I can strap to my head or chest so I can document what's happening at the, at the kindergarten. At this point, it's so frequent, I'm bound to capture something. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, I would almost, for the, the entertainment value of all of this, because mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like, like there, the, if again, 
everything at face value. Yes. If there's a ghost that's doing these little things and opening a door and stuff, it's all the kind of stuff that's just so mm-hmm. minor that that you can rationalize it away. But when you do it so much, yes, it adds up. It adds up. You can't keep rationalizing away like uh, the door is open here. Uh, somebody kicked the bucket over there. Right. You can't. You can't. You know. Yeah, it's sweep constant. all those things under the carpet. Uh huh. I wonder if trying to film it at all would make it all stop. Maybe, because it's so subtle. Maybe it's intentionally subtle. It's messing. Right. It's messing with you. It's messing. <laughs> Wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I had to fight to stop laughing about that. I know. That was that was a very weird <laughs> I know. thing. Uh, you were trying to just like keep some patter going. Yeah, <laughs> Wonder which podcast it was. Yeah, Wonder. <laughs> Good one. Uh, it was insane. Yeah. But so like, it, it, it this feels to me... Like a spirit that's literally just trying to bother you, like pest. Yeah, like a kindergartner. Pest. Like a kinder, a a kindergartner might. Yeah, that's true. Right, like I and presumably just kind of mischievous. Yeah, it's a mischievous ghost. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't know. That's that's very interesting. Totally, I'm glad it's not like scary. I know, and I completely understand the feeling of being scared of it, but also kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I would probably feel the same way in that situation. One hundred. One hundred percent. Super cool. Um, all right, we've got one last story here. Yep, Will's gonna take us on home. Here we go, and these come from Jared saying, "Will and Kristen read or die these stories." Five. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I remember I was around twelve at the time of this first story. I decided one random night that I would try out sleeping in the guest room, and like I've since matured. I'm just like, why? Yeah, I, we did stuff like that. I'd absolutely do sure. stuff like yeah. that. I'm going to sleep in this room now. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Will and I switched rooms like a million times. Literally lugging furniture yeah. across the house mm-hmm. constantly. Um, I had a nightmare that a ghostly woman was violently shaking and thrashing the cabinet wardrobe on me. Ooh. On me? Yeah. I never got a good look at her face, but I had this random, almost intrusive idea. Again, the idea of... Right, something is making you think something yeah uh that she had long white hair and an elongated face maybe she was like see me see me this is who i am right much like the face from the scream by edvard munch while it did scare me good i chalked it up to a nightmare and never thought to tell anyone and just forget about it like so many dreams A couple of weeks go by and my brother is hanging with his friends at at the house. I was nearby playing video games. Offhandedly, seemingly only to mess with me, my brother says to never sleep in the guest room or else the nasty ghost lady will throw the cabinet on top of you. I was stunned and shaken and I told him I had a nightmare just like that and it was not cool. He got really quiet and we dropped the subject altogether. The weirdest part is he told me this while he was standing in the doorway of the guest room. So that's so they both yeah, like shaking the dresser this, on you. I, I have a hard I, time picturing I know, that. Like what I don't that quite is. know. Is yeah. it that she's so powerful she can lift up a large piece of furniture and threaten you with that somehow? I guess. Is it like a, I'll trap you in the cabinet kind of an right. idea? Right. It's very interesting. But they've both had that kind of vision. Yeah. Independently. 
The second and third story t- uh, tie in a lot together as they both deal with sleep paralysis. I had a wild theory back when I was a dumb teenager. <laughs> <laughs> like you and me both. With the mental capacity of half my age, that sleep paralysis was secretly a bridge between two dimensions. An erosion of limitations within the human mind. A portal. I wanted to do, do I wanted to do research on this, so I basically said to myself that I'm willing to get sleep paralysis to test my theory. And apparently, that was enough. Very shortly after... It's like us talking about opting to be haunted. Last episode, you were like, you know, you can ask not to be. Can you ask to be? Yes. I saw... um, I didn't get to look at everything, but I did see somebody sent us a story about just that idea as well. Yep. Opting to be haunted. I'm curious to see that. Um, So very shortly after, for the span of about two weeks, I experienced some form of sleep paralysis almost every night. But the catalyst for this wild theory is an incident in where I genuinely think I saw a shadow person. I had a dream where I was out on a small, narrow fishing dock. A little girl on the land side of the dock was calling out to me that her mommy needed help. I decided to lay down in a congruent boat. I don't know what that is. Hmm, Um, And laying next to me is the mother who looked a lot like Kayako from The Grudge. No good. No. Too scary. That's the first clue that something's bad. Almost like a jump cut from a dated YouTube video, I apparently woke up in my bedroom. However, I couldn't move a single muscle. No eye movements, not even a blink, nothing. All I could do was look into a corner of my bedroom. Oh. Next to my closet, due to the floor design, and stare. What? I didn't realize, I didn't remember this, that they both had corner things in this batch. That's interesting the hell's going on my eyes are gonna be on the corners i know what's going on with corners yeah uh, okay uh while i was stuck like this the girl's mother and that... we we're just talking about corners at right angles you're right yeah it's a very cornery episode that, that is interesting mm. <laughs> your eyes are going nuts. i don't and you know what i know you're thinking i was well no i'm not even sure that i was oh i didn't even know what to i don't know what to think of it i don't know i was just thinking what's going on yeah which is not the same as thinking (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) kind of is i guess sort of um good god okay while i was stuck like this the girl's mother that was originally just out of my view had sat upright like michael myers and began to flail right in front of me and maybe even on top of me question mark question mark Mm. i don't know i felt none of this However, in that corner of my bedroom was what I believed to be a shadow person. This black thing that was just static in my corner looked to be about five foot nine and was far from looking like a humanoid, actually. It was shaped like an egg and had fuzzy edges to it, almost as though it was an emanating aura of shadows. One more YouTube jump cut later. And I flung upright in my bed, awakened from the nightmare. Now, I've seen a lot of things that could be shadow people in these sleep paralysis episodes, but a lot of them had a clear shape to them and mimicked cultural icons, such as the Slender Man and the Dollhouse Dolls from Doctor Who. The fact that this shadow-like aura mimicked nothing and was just there has made me to believe that this aura I saw might very well be a shadow person. While doing these investigations, however, something strange happened. I had a vivid dream one night during this length of time where I had intense sleep paralysis. The dream didn't matter, but what did matter is that my mother was sleeping with me for personal reasons regarding my mental health. 
The next morning, I had a weird feeling about the dream that I had because it was rather bizarre compared to the already bizarre dreams I have. So I asked my mother if anything strange happened last night, and unfortunately, she said yes. My mother told me that I had woken her up and said that there was a, quote, man in a cape standing in the same corner next to my closet where the first nightmare happened. When she prodded for more information, I said something incoherent and went to bed. This was scary to me because I knew about the hat man, a prominent figure seen by many eyes when talking about sleep paralysis. On the other hand, though, I was half asleep when it happened. Now, I've been known to do things while half asleep, such as pick up the phone and not be able to hold a conversation as late as last month. That's wild. I talk a lot in my sleep. Yeah, I know. A lot. I've wondered if I could contact the Goat Man at Goatman's Bridge through meditation and if my recreational use of the grass, dun-dun-dun, mm-hmm. hindered or strengthened my connection with the paranormal. Well, I never got complete answers to both of those questions, but I got something. My use of marijuana may or may not strengthen my connection with the paranormal, but it certainly does not hinder it. I was trying to fall asleep in my bed when I heard footsteps come from the other side of my wall coming towards my bedroom. It was gentle, but deliberate, quiet, but rhythmic. And my mind instantly thought, almost like another intrusive thought, that those footsteps belonged to my grandma. But my grandma died two years prior to this. Now, that's interesting. That's sort of the kind of thing where it's like you're so familiar with a person, you just know everything about right. them. You know, or even, I guess, the idea of an intrusive thought, again, mm-hmm. that she's telling you who she, she is. She wants you to know that yeah. I'm here. Yeah. For the last story, we won't be traveling to the Goat Man's Bridge. Rather, this last story will take place at the Martha Chapel Cemetery off of Bowdoin Road, or Demon Road, the most haunted cemetery in Texas. I went with my two cousins and myself, and things got weird right off the bat. As soon as we turned onto Demon Road, the FM radio said, Now we're stressed out. That's weird. Yeah, this is strange. Almost as a way of spelling out how we felt. kind of awesome. I know. Visiting the location. When we finally pulled up to the cemetery, my cousins both had really unsettling vibes and decided to stay in the car and convinced me to stay in it as well. Again, I had a strong feeling, like an intrusive thought, that someone or something was hiding. That's a freaky feeling to have. Something is hiding out there. Nonetheless, my cousins and I promptly left and nothing came of it for a good while. My suspicions may have been confirmed, however, when I was watching a YouTube video about a Google Maps iceberg. If you don't know, an iceberg is a little trend going on right now where people use an image of an iceberg and split up a list about certain topics of interest into tears. So have you seen these, Chris? I think so. It is like kind of popular right yeah. now. So it's it's really the idea of like something being the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. The part of an iceberg that's just barely above water right. is nothing compared to what's below the surface of the water as the iceberg is far larger and goes way deeper than you ever could imagine. Right. So this is basically taking conspiracy theory notions mm-hmm. and and ranking. So bad example, weird example. Uh, I'm aware of one of these because there's a big like conspiracy theory thing with Grand Theft Auto. Okay. They think that like the game designers put like actually they did do this. There's like a weird map you can find that nobody knows what it means uh-huh. in the game, and so people are like, "What is this?" Yeah. And so they've tried to figure out what it is, and there are always rumors of like ghosts inside Grand Theft Auto that you can find, and some of them are actually real. What? That sounds <clears> sweet. Yeah, maybe we should do that. That'd yes. be fun to do. Yes. So, um. 
Because, yeah, you can, there's like a ghost of a woman in Grand Theft Auto V. Oh. And you can even figure out who killed her in the game what? and stuff. That sounds awesome. We yeah, should totally do that neat. for Patreon. So an Iceberg uh, video, I usually have seen it as like, uh, uh, just like an image, mm-hmm. is the tip of the iceberg will be like, Grand Theft Auto is, uh, is uh, real life is Grand Theft Auto. We are living in a simulation. Okay. And then as you get deeper and deeper down the iceberg, uh, the the theories get wackier and wackier. Okay. Where it's like take two built Grand Theft Auto to, you know, to distract people from yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. So it's like ranking almost the conspiracies of okay. something, and the deeper you go is where the real insidious, okay, gotcha. scary theories live. So gotcha. that's what uh, that's what Jared's referring to. Yeah. Here, um, it's meant to be like an analogy of how you go below the waters of an iceberg, you truly see how deep it goes. Well, when watching a video on Google Maps, uh, an iceberg about Google, Google Maps, Google, oh my God. Well, watching Google a video. Google Maps is the guy who invented Google. <laughs> Hi, I'm Google I'm Maps. Google Maps. I hope you're enjoying my search engine. <laughs> I named it after my first name. My last name is just Max, though. Right. It's confusing. And in case you're wondering, yes, it's true. Ask Jeeves and I are in a huge battle for domination of search Real quick, engines. before you have to go much further, in this... Yeah, it, ask is, Jeeves. Ask is his first name. Right. Jeeves is his last yes. name. Thank you very much. It's understood. Okay, so... There's also Dog Pile. What the hell is dog pile? That was another search engine back in the day. Before there was like Google, which ruled everything. I remember going to multiple search engines. I'd be yeah. like, oh, I didn't find any info on Ask Jeeves. Maybe if I go to dog pile, I'll be able to find a website. Alta Vista. Yeah. That was our dad's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Alta Vista. His favorite one. <laughs> anyway, so Jared was watching a of uh, an iceberg video about Google Maps. And smack dab in the middle of the iceberg is a story about a ghost girl seen on Google Maps at Martha Chapel Cemetery. When I recognized where this happened, I got shivers down my spine. Looking at the picture, the ghost girl is oddly colored. So almost as though she was taken in grayscale while the rest of the image is in color. And this ghost can be seen peeking from behind a tree. Oy. Was that ghost girl the presence I felt hiding in the cemetery? I'd like to think so. Maybe she was trying to play a game. Maybe I should go back there. To be continued? That's very cool. Interesting. It's cool to have the idea that somebody's looking at you, yeah. but you see them, and then you find out that there's a notorious ghost that peeks. I know. Right there? I know. Yeah, that is, that's really eerie. Yeah. But I, I also have a thing about like the idea of anybody mm-hmm. that's like watching. Anybody peeping. Yeah, it's, it just freaks me out. Yeah. Uh, it's so scary. there you go. There you go, everybody. Well, thank you so much to everybody sent in stories. Those ruled. Yeah. This was a total joy, and if you would like to send in your stories, again, you can send them to gttupod at gmail.com, and we'll read them the next time we have a listener stories episode. Yes, please. It seems like a lot of people are already helping to refill our store of these spooky stories, so if you've got one, make sure you send it in, uh, gttupod at gmail.com. That's right. Also, head to patreon.com slash gttupod if you'd like to support the show and keep it going, and... By doing so, get some really cool bonus stuff. So we have options from $4 to $13 that give you all kinds of bonuses. There are episodes that come out weekly um, for the... What was the way we decided to do this that's 
shorter. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had fixed it at one point. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, so here's the way that it, it basically works, everybody. Um, to simplify who's got access to what, because there are four tiers on Patreon, and the idea of Patreon is that if you subscribe at all these different levels, you get different amounts of, of bonus material. You can start at our ghost level, which begins at $4 a month, and you get access to one show a month, just like always. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That episode just came out right yeah. now on the feed. Kristen and I watched and and uh, reacted to all of the marketing for the new Scream movie. They've got an in-world alternate reality game where there are two characters that ostensibly live in Woodsboro and are talking about maybe ghost faces. <laughs> right. We looked at all the stuff that they've been posting on Twitter, including all of these exclusive little trailers. And we uh, – it's marketing, so who knows? But it, it's it's – we're sort of judging the not yet released movie based on the material that they've been putting out yes. there. So go check it out. It was super fun to do. Mm -hmm. And that is for anybody starting at the ghost level. That's what it is. It's that when we're talking about a certain episode, we found a way to say it a little bit more cleanly. Yes, it starts at the ghost episode. Yes. Uh, at the ghost tier. Yeah. So that means that this Monday's episode, uh, where I believe we're going to be continuing to play Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be just for demons. Yep. So starting at ghost, demon only. Mm -hmm. After that, it's going to be starting at our banshee level, which is $8 a month. Uh, and then after that, demon again exclusive. Yep. And then the cycle starts anew. So starting at ghost, demon. Starting at banshee, demon. <laughs> Demons get everything. Yes. Demons get a show every single week. Banshees get a show every other week. And ghosts get a show every four weeks, which actually ends up being more than once a month. Yeah, uh, I guess a that's lot true. of the time. Yeah. So go check that out. It's patreon.com slash GTTU pod. And thank you so much to everybody who's there already. We hope you're enjoying the stuff. And when in doubt, the easiest thing in the cover art for the shows, we've got little icons that tell you who gets what episode. Mm -hmm. So the demon icon is on every single show on Patreon right yep. now. And the ghost icon is only going to appear every four weeks. Yep. Um, Banshees, again, like Kristen just said, every other week. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, go check that out. Patreon.com slash GTTUpod. Hope you all enjoy that stuff. It's super fun to do. Yep. Um, you can go to GTTUpod.com to find links to everything that we've ever done. Every previous episode of the show. Uh, also links to our merchandise page on TeePublic. You can find our contact information up there. If you want to advertise, the information you need is up on gttupod.com as well. Our P.O. box, if you'd like to send anything in. Our Facebook group. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely right. And you should definitely follow at gttupod on all social media to keep up to date with things that we're releasing. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like to, you can also speak to us as well. Yep, I'm at Chillin' Kristen. And I am at The Myth Traveler. So thank you all so much. We're going to be back next week for something pretty fun that I need to try to convince Kristen about doing. Oh, God. I'm very excited about this idea. Okay. And I think it would be a lot of fun. Okay. We'll see if Kristen approves of it next week. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. All right. Why? I don't think you're going to be against it. Uh-huh. I just need to make sure that we're on the same page. All right. I don't want to oversell it.
Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.